getting pregnant in three days, a country with only women, and getting sexually abused by a scorpion. Uh, let's just get straight into the episode. G'day everyone, my name's Stephen, and welcome to another episode of the Bamboo History Podcast. For those of you who don't know, the Bamboo History Podcast is a podcast on Chinese and East Asian history. If you like this type of content, please subscribe to my podcast, and also follow my Instagram, at Bamboo History Podcast. Okay, let's just get straight into it. Today, we're going to talk about a story within a story. A story which involves a country where there's only women. What? Only women? No males? No men? That's crazy. Yeah, heaps crazy. So, let's just dive in. Whee! The story of this women's kingdom, or Nuoruguo in Chinese, features in chapters 53 to 55 of the famous Chinese novel, Journey to the West, or known as Xiyouji in Chinese, spelt X-I-Y-O-U-J-I. So what is the Journey to the West? What is it about? La 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 la. If you want to get a better idea of this novel, Go to episode 20 of my podcast. I cover this novel in that episode. Basically, the main premise of this Journey to the West novel is the journey of a Chinese Buddhist monk called Tang Sen, spelt T-A-N-G-S-E-N-G, who journeys from China to India to obtain Buddhist scriptures. On the journey, he's accompanied by three disciples, Sun Wukong, a badass monkey, who's the most powerful of the disciples, Zhu Bajie, a pig who's got some fighting abilities, but he's kind of got a dodgy personality and questionable morals, and Sha He Shang, an introverted sea monster that basically follows what Tang Sen and the other disciples do. His three disciples, whilst being animals, take on more human forms during the journey, and unlike Tang Sen, who is a human, these three disciples are supernatural and possess magical abilities. Remember, this is a fantasy novel, guys. So let's start off with the story of the women's kingdom. The story starts off with the four of them on their journey to India. They arrive at a river and they're like, Oh, look, there's a boat coming. Let's ask them if we can use their boat to cross. Oi! Oi! Yeah, come over here. Yeah, yeah, we, we just need to get across to the other side of the river. Can you take us? The person paddling the boat is a woman, and she's like, Yeah, sure, hop on in the boat, hop on in the boat, let's get you across. <coughs> oh, jeez. The woman agrees to take them across the river, and the four of them pile on. As they cross the river, Zhu Jie, the pig disciple, admires the clearness and cleanliness of the river, and he's like, Dang! I have never seen a river with water as crystal clear and as clean as this. It looks so refreshing, and I'm bloody thirsty. He proceeds to drink the river water with gusto. Mmm. Oh, so refreshing. Oh, so good. Hey, master, master, shifu, shifu, do you want some water too? Tang Sen is like, yeah, alright, I'll have some water. So Tang Sen also drinks this water as well. But, within half an hour, both Zhu Jie 
and Tang Sen are reeling with pain, hit with a sharp stomach ache. Oh, it hurts, it hurts my stomach. Zhu Bajie, what's wrong? Oh, it hurts so bad. Tang Sen is like, oh, me too, me too. It must have been the water, what did we drink? And as they are hurting, both their bellies are increasing in size as well and swelling. It honestly looks like they're pregnant. The others have no idea what's going on as well. And after reaching the other side of the river and asking a local, it turns out they are pregnant. Wait, what? Yeah, it is. It is a baby inside. Let me explain. This is the first reference in the book that we have of the woman's kingdom, or known in the book as Xi Liang Nu Guo, which means in English, the Western Liang Women's Kingdom, Liang spelt L-I-A-N-G. The Xi Liang Nu Guo Western Liang Women's Kingdom consists of only females and no males, and the only way for the women to have babies without any males is to use sperm donors, I mean, sorry, is to use the water from that river that they just drank from. That river is known in Chinese as the Zimu He or the Zimu River, Zimu spelt Z-I-M-U, and anyone who drinks the water from the Zimu River gets pregnant in three days. <laughs> what a quick pregnancy. Well, uh, uh, actually, yeah, I've never been pregnant so I don't know if that's quick or not. But three days is so quick, isn't it? That's like 72 hours. The good thing is, for Tang Sen and Zhu Baijie, they're able to find someone who gives them a potion, and when they drink it, the potion manages to abort their fetuses so that they are cured of this pregnancy. Once they've gotten better from their successful abortion, they all head to the capital city, of the women's kingdom. So now that they know that this kingdom is got only women, the expectation must have been real for the four of them. I mean, if you got told that you were entering a kingdom with no men and only having women, how would you react? I would have been quite excited to be honest, you know, just out of curiosity because there's, there's no men. How does the kingdom function? Well, the four of them were stunned as well when they entered the city. They were like, wow, what, what is going on here? The city was packed with people. Young, old, fat, thin, all types of ethnicities. But they were all women. And not just women, but really beautiful women as well. So much so that Zhu Baijie was absolutely frothing seeing all these women. He was like, he was like, I must be in paradise right now. Now, you thought the four men were stunned. Well, the women in the women's kingdom were equally stunned as well. Because for the first time in maybe a long time, this was the first time that they were seeing men. And the four of them were like instant celebrities. They flocked to see them. They lined up the streets and they were like, oh my God, oh my God, did you hear? Hear about what? They're here. Who? Men. Oh my god, men are here? Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go see them. Yeah, and I know that out of the four of them, the only real human male is Tungsen, but technically the other three are in human form and male as well, so they sort of get treated as men too. 
So when Tang Sen and his disciples walked through the city, some of the women yelled out greetings to them like, Hi, hello, notice me senpai. Others were like giggling like, <laughs> Oh my god, it's men, it's men, oh my god, I'm so starstruck. <laughs> and others just talked with each other excitedly. Oh my god, he's so hot. Who? The pig? No, not the pig. The pig's ugly. But the monkey. The monkey. He's so good looking. Oh my goodness. Ah. I don't know. I, I, I... <laughs> like for these women, it was probably extremely rare to see men. So it's understandable that it was very exciting for them. I mean, I'm not a woman, so I'm not sure how I would feel. But to all the female listeners out there, if you've lived in a world with no guys, hypothetically, and then you get to meet men all of a sudden, I'm sure it'd be exciting, right? If it isn't, please let me know. So word spread really fast among the women that these four men from China had arrived. And news of the arrival of the four Buddhists quickly spread to the queen of the women's kingdom. When the queen heard that Tang Sen and his disciples had arrived, she believed he was the man sent by the heavens to be her husband. Now, this seems probably a bit ludicrous, but it kind of makes sense. Tang Sen is the emperor of China's brother, and at the time, China was a powerful empire. So for a small kingdom like the women's kingdom, it would have been an honour to marry someone like Tang Sen, and by marrying someone from the Middle Kingdom, it would have been a status boost and a power boost for the women's kingdom. It's funny though, right? She hasn't even met this guy, and she's already planning on marrying him. Like, this is more extreme than Married at First Sight, the reality show. This queen should star in her own reality show, called Married Before First Sight. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, I mean, what if Tangsen was ugly? What if he had a loser personality? Nah, the queen didn't care at all. She felt that he was the one for her. She told everyone, The heavens sent Tang Sen to me to be my husband. He is that man from that powerful mystical kingdom of China that I've been waiting for for ages. Look, to be fair, I'm not sure if she's sane or crazy. They don't get any men at all wherever they're from, so beggars can't be choosers, I guess. Even though the queen is madly in love with Tang Sen, even though she hasn't met him, she's still very gracious in her pursuit of Tang Sen. The queen sends the prime minister of her kingdom to go meet Tang Sen and his disciples first and extend an invitation for him to marry her, which I think is quite gracious for a queen. Usually a monarch would probably, back in those days, would basically just marry the person if they wanted to marry them forcibly. She's actually asking for his permission so I think that's uh, quite gracious of her. The Prime Minister goes to Tang Sen and tells him about the Queen's proposal to marry Tang Sen and asks him if he will accept her marriage. So amongst all this mad feelings of love that the Queen has for Tang Sen, what does Tang Sen himself think of the Queen and this marriage proposal? Tang Sen was obviously not keen on getting married, for two main reasons. The first reason is actually quite simple. Buddhist monks at the time were forbidden from intimacy with the opposite gender, and also forbidden to marry. 
The second reason is the purpose of his journey, the reason why he's even out here in the first place, is to collect the Buddhist scriptures from India. So if he married the queen, that meant he'd have to stay in the kingdom to be with the queen, and he would never complete his mission. So when the Prime Minister asked him, Tangsen, do you wish to meet the queen and marry her? Tangsen responded, Yes, I accept her marriage proposal. Well, wait, what? <laughs> Hang on. He's saying yes. Why is he saying yes? He obviously doesn't want to marry her. Well, you see, by passing through the women's kingdom, they would need approvals to pass through the kingdom to continue on their journey. As in, their passports would need to be stamped, basically. Sun Wukong, the monkey disciple, told his master that if he refused the queen's request to marry her, then there'd be a risk that they wouldn't get their passports stamped, and an even greater risk that they'd all be held in detention in the kingdom, meaning none of them would be able to leave and complete their mission. So Sun Wukong convinced Tang Sen to accept the marriage proposal and basically fake marry the queen in order to find them all a way to pass through the kingdom and continue their journey. So when Tang Sen accepted, in return, the disciples were allowed to continue on their journey to India. When the queen hears that Tang Sen has accepted her marriage proposal, the queen is bloody wrapped and organises a massive feast where they will marry. So quick, isn't it? Tang Sen and his disciples soon arrive at the palace to meet the queen, where the two <coughs> star-crossed lovers finally meet. As soon as the queen saw Tang Sen, her heart skipped a beat. The queen got even more excited when he saw how handsome and good-looking he was, like he was a really good-looking guy, this Tang Sen. To all the listeners out there, if you want to have a visual idea on what Tang Sen looks like, if you've ever seen me, Stephen, in real life, you'll know that I'm a very good-looking and handsome person myself. So think of Tang Sen as being a good-looking man, just like me. It's not explicitly stated in the book, but Tang Sen most likely would have thought that the queen was attractive too, but he had to resist those urges and focus on completing the mission at hand, which was to toy with the queen's feelings, fake marry her, and get passes so that they could leave the kingdom. And I mean, it is hard to refuse this offer. Like, first of all, the queen is really attractive as a woman. And personally, this whole marriage thing sounds like a great deal. I mean, it'd be a dream these days for most people to even marry into a royal family and become a prince, a princess, or even a king or queen. Not to mention that in this scenario, the queen, the person with royal blood, was literally begging for it. The queen wanted Tangsen so bad, and that as soon as she met him, got struck by his handsomeness. She quickly took his hand and led her to a carriage for him to sit next to her to go to the feast. She said, and I quote in Chinese from the original text, Yu Di Gurga, Ching Shang Lung Chu, Huo Tung Shang Jin Luan Bao Dian, Pi Pei Fu Fu Chu Lai. I'm not going to translate this in English, but you can sort of tell that the queen is really interested in him. So they go to the feast and they eat because, you know, it's a feast. 
And I'd like to mention that through all of this, through the first meeting and the feast, Zhu Baji was also getting the hots for the queen as well. He was thinking, Oh jeez, I can't believe my master's gonna fake marry her and reject her. I mean, if it was me, I would marry her. So if my Shufu master doesn't marry her, I think I will. Cheeky little bugger. During the feast, the queen basically thinks that she's gonna marry Tangsen, but through all this time, all Tangsen is thinking is, let's just get this over and done with and figure out a way to get the hell out of here. So, even though Tangsen apparently is this morally upright and very faithful to his religion and upstanding and all that jazz, he's only using her in this scenario to get what he wants. And he's basically toying with her feelings, like he's basically a scumbag and an F-boy. After a while, Tangsen gets the courage and asks the queen, Would you be okay if you hand over my disciples' passports so they can leave the city today? The queen responds, Oh, sure, my darling. Once we get married, I'll definitely give them the passports. Tungsen gets a bit nervous because he's like, no, 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 I don't want to get married to her. I just want to go. So he says, slightly urgently, okay, we'll definitely get married, but let's not do it today. Let's do it tomorrow because tomorrow, I hear, is a more auspicious day to get married. So let's do it then. In the meantime, is it okay if we let my disciples go today after the feast so they can finish the journey for me? The queen's like, oh, okay, you're right. If you insist, you're, you're all basically family to me now. Wow, true love, right? Seriously toying with her feelings now. <sighs> so the queen agrees and gives Tangsen's disciples their passports. She also gives them some supplies for their journey and accompanies Tangsen to the city gates so that he can say goodbye to his three disciples. But when they get to the gate, to the queen's surprise, Tangsen also gets out of the carriage as well and proceeds to leave the city with his disciples. The queen is like shocked. She's confused. Wait, 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 what's going on? Wait, wait don't go. Where, where are you going? She runs after Tangsen and she asks, Why? Why are you leaving me? We're going to get married tomorrow. What is going on? What? You, did you lie to me? The queen is desperate, confused, and probably a bit angry and tries to stop Tangsen from leaving. But Zhu Baji transforms into the pig monster he really is, and starts making faces at the queen like, which scares the bejesus out of her, and so she stops chasing after Tangsen. But before the queen and anyone else can do anything further, the wind all of a sudden picks up. A storm arrives out of nowhere. Blowing sand and dirt everywhere, and everything becomes barely visible. By the time the storm passes, Tangsen is gone, disappeared, vanished into thin air. What on earth happened to Tangsen? Where did he go? Well, it turns out the queen isn't the only woman that wants this Chinese monk. In the women's kingdom are some mountains, and deep in the mountains resides a scorpion monster, a female 
scorpion demoness, in fact. The name of this female scorpion demoness in Chinese is Xiezijing, spelt X-I-E-Z-I-J-I-N-G, and she lives in a mountain called <coughs> Venom Mountain. The scorpion demoness has taken on a human form and actually looks alright, but in reality, her original form is a scorpion in the size of a pipa, which is a small Chinese guitar. The scorpion demoness is also in love with Tangsen, but unlike the queen of the women's kingdom, who tried to win her love the respectable way by, you know, asking him first, the scorpion demoness just goes all out and kidnaps Tangsen. Jeez. <laughs> It sounds like we can make a horror movie out of this love story. So it's the scorpion demoness who created that storm, took Tangsen away, and has had him locked up in her cave inside the Venom Mountain where she lives. Once she's got Tangsen in her cave, she tries to win him over. First, she does so by offering him food. Oh, Tangsen, you look like you haven't eaten in days. That queen of the women's kingdom must have been really mean to you and didn't give you anything to eat. Well, I'm not like her. I'm a very nice woman. Here, here are some sandwiches for you to eat. One has meat in it and the other one has vegetables. Tangsen is like, oh, uh, what type of meat is in those sandwiches? It looks a bit weird. Oh, that? <laughs> it's just human meat. Nothing special. Human meat? Ugh. Disgusting. She seems like a batshit crazy girl. I mean, I wonder what her star sign is. Scorpio. <laughs> Get it? Scorpion, Scorpio. <laughs> anyway. So the scorpion demoness says, Come on, Tangsen, just take a bite of the sandwiches. Tangsen says, I can't eat meat. I'm a Buddhist monk. The rules say we can't. Oh, Tangsen, of course you can. You already broke a rule. I saw you drinking the pregnancy water at the Zimu River a couple of days ago. Wait, what? You, you saw me? You already had your eye on me then? Jeez, you're creepy. What a stalker. Tangsen is clearly feeling a little bit uneasy. After all, he's being kidnapped, held against his will, and is basically being seduced by this scorpion demon. Just as he's about to think that all hope is lost, his disciples find him and try to rescue him. Shifu, master, we're here for you, said Sun Wukong. Oh my god, oh my god, disciples, thank you, thank you so much, you're here, please save me. But the scorpion demoness obviously isn't going to let him go, so she starts to fight the two disciples, Sun Wukong and Zhu Baijie, and she wins. She defeats them. Yeah, you thought she, I was going to say she lost, right? The scorpion demoness wins. She's like, ha 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 ha, you thought you guys could beat me. Ha ha, ne ne. So the two disciples retreat in humiliation, and the scorpion demoness, thinking she's won, decides to try and seal the deal with Tangsen. By seal the deal. You know what I mean, right? She takes Tangsen back to her bedchamber, takes her clothes off. Remember, she's in her human female form at the moment. Tries to seduce him and tries to have sex with him. 
I don't think I've ever heard of a story before where a man is getting sexually assaulted by a scorpion. While she's trying to seduce and have sex with him, she starts saying all these words like, Oh, Tangsen, am I the most beautiful woman in the entire world? Tangsen replies, Bro, you're not even a woman, you're a bloody scorpion. Tangsen resists her advances fiercely, and in the end, the scorpion demoness gets frustrated and angry that he's uncooperative and decides to tie him up. Whilst all that is happening, the disciples have not given up. They've hatched a plan and they've returned to the cave to try and rescue their master for the second time. This time, the disciples enlist the help of a god. The god's name is Mao Ri Xing Guan, spelt M A O R I X I N G G U A N. And in English, the Mao Ri Xing Guan is known as the Sun Rooster of Hairy Head. That's his English name. Hairy Head is actually a constellation, a star constellation, not literally a hairy head. The scorpion demoness sees the disciples and this Mao Ri Xing Guan and goes, Ha! Huh, you think you can defeat me this time? You guys don't stand a chance. But then, the Mao Ri Xing Guan, who just looks like a regular guy to begin with, transforms into a giant rooster. As he transforms into a giant rooster, he towers over the scorpion demoness, and for the first time, the scorpion demoness is really frightened. Her face goes white, she starts to sweat, but she tries to fight this giant rooster, but the giant rooster easily defeats her, and ends up killing her, just like that. I guess this battle is also paying homage to the fact that in real life, chickens eat scorpions as well. Thanks to the Mao Ri Xingguan giant rooster god, they defeat the scorpion demoness, and as a result, Tang Sen is rescued and he rejoins his disciples and they continue their journey to the west. So yeah, that was it. That's the end of the story of the Women's Kingdom and the Scorpion Demoness. Before I end, however, you're probably all wondering, what happened to the Queen of the Women's Kingdom? You just stopped talking about it abruptly. I'll come back to it. So after that spontaneous storm took away Tang Sen, the disciples immediately flew into the air and tried to follow that storm in a bid to find their master and rescue him. As the queen was watching the disciples fly away, she suddenly realised that maybe Tang Sen was unattainable. He wasn't just a mere mortal. The queen hung her head in sadness and gave up pursuing her love. It's kind of a sad ending for the queen, who, although madly in love with Tang Sen, was very generous and a very kind person. Even though the story doesn't mention it, I really do hope that the queen of the women's kingdom did eventually find her dream husband. So what do I think about this entire story? Well firstly, I believe that what the story is trying to say is that love comes in very different forms. Some are pure, like the queen's, and others are obsessive, like the scorpion demoness. And the queen definitely did have true love for Tang Sen. 
To give you an example, when she was issuing the passports back to Tangsen and his disciples, she realized that the three disciples' names were missing from the passports. Tangsen explained that because the disciples weren't officially citizens of China, they didn't have their names on the passports. So, in a bid to help the disciples in their future journey, she ordered their names to be written down on the passports. And she said this was because if Tangsen is my husband, not only he is my family, but his disciples are also my family as well. So even though the queen was blinded by love, the love was pure, and it showed that she was a very kind-hearted person, to the point where she was willing to accept Tangsen's disciples as family as well. In terms of what I think of Tangsen in the story, yes, I understand that he had a mission to complete, but it was kind of a scumbag move to lead her on like that, and then ditch her just so he can achieve his goals, you know, by fake marrying her. If I was the queen, I would have felt used and I would have been very angry. I feel like any female listeners, if you were in the same situation, you'd probably feel the same, right? And lastly, I wanted to talk about the women's kingdom, because it's unique, right? No men, only women. The way they depict the women's kingdom in the Journey to the West Shioji novel is that the women's kingdom isn't just a little village or a little town, it's actually a fully functioning kingdom just like many other kingdoms in that time. In my opinion, the reason why Wu Cheng'en, the author, wrote down the women's kingdom in his book is that maybe he had a fantasy, or he believed that women could have the capability to do the same things that men did, including ruling an entire country by themselves. I say the word fantasy because back in the medieval times when Wu Cheng'en wrote the book, it was obviously not a common phenomenon for women to, you know, rule the country and be leaders. So, yeah, that officially brings an end to the episode. I hope all of you enjoyed this content. Don't forget to subscribe to my podcast, follow my Instagram at Bamboo History Podcast, and also spread the word to your friends and family about this Chinese and East Asian history podcast. If you want to contact me for any comments, feedback, or topic suggestions, please DM me on Instagram or email me. Details in the description box below. Okay, now, that was a real fun story to talk about. Now you know what I mean when I say that there's water that can make you pregnant in three days, that there's a kingdom with no men, and that in the same story, a man happens to be sexually assaulted by a scorpion. Whew, Chinese history and Chinese stories are just amazing, aren't they? Thank you everyone for listening, enjoy the rest of your day or evening, and I'll see you all next time on the Bamboo History Podcast. Bye for now.